Hello and welcome to another Baseball America podcast with Hudson Belinsky and Josh Norris. We're going to talk to you today a little bit about the weekend that we had because, hey, it's baseball season. And I know that may be hard to believe considering James Shields hasn't signed anywhere and it's still January. But as far as Baseball America is concerned, it's baseball season. He and I uh, spent this weekend uh, first at Duke for their scrimmage in which uh, Michael, Michael Machuela, a likely top five in the country pick, uh, through against some of his teammates, and then the next morning we went down to the state of South Carolina for Diamond Prospect Pro Day at AC Flora High School in Columbia, South Carolina, and then after that, about 1 o'clock, we jetted over to the University of South Carolina to watch their scrimmage against each other, and we didn't see their, their big-name guys, but we saw a lot of intriguing guys nonetheless. So regardless of what the calendar says, there's people are throwing, guys are running, and bats are hitting. There's a lot of the spring is underway. Yes, that's an inside joke that none of you will get, and I won't explain. Well, so, so, and there was a comment on on one of the articles uh, about Matuella's first start. We are aware that it is not spring. There, it is cold outside. It is January. We're aware. Uh, the spring is just. I mean, it's it's the language you use when when baseball starts. Um, spring training starts on February 10th or whatever it is. Not really spring. I mean, so if you want to get bogged down in semantics, you can do that. But I'm just going to keep referring to baseball season as the spring. That's the new name for this podcast. Hudson and Belinsky and Josh Norris present Bogged Down in Semantics. It's going to be a <laughs> wonderful time for 30 minutes arguing about linguistic intricacies. <laughs> Stick around. So getting back to business. Uh, so... Obviously, what were your impressions of Michael Matsuella? If you guys haven't read what Hudson had to read on uh, on BaseballAmerica.com, you should. But if you haven't, well, here's a quick summary from the man himself. I thought it was very, very impressive. Um, I, I mean, it, those kinds of guys are, are easy when you, you get to see somebody who has that kind of stuff. Um, so on, on Friday, Duke had their media day, and Matuella was made available to the media and I got to see him up close, and he's a huge, huge kid, um, gigantic hands, um, and you know, when you see somebody with that kind of hands, you can kind of figure there's there's going to be a changeup coming, and that's the thing. Last year, he was mostly fastball curveball or fastball breaking ball, whatever you want to call that that breaking ball, uh, but on Saturday. He was all, at least in game, and there were two hitters. He was just fastball changeup. Uh, I think he's got a chance for at least an above-average changeup. Fastball is lively, and to think that he's really not airing it out completely yet um, is kind of scary. There's probably more velocity there. Um, He was 93 to 95, touching 96 on Saturday, and, yeah, I, I would not be surprised to see him higher than that, and I know people have seen him higher than that in the past, um, but also just beautiful arm action and very clean delivery, um, and actually surprisingly coordinated for a guy who's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, you know, so he, he's certainly an interesting guy and uh, a player you know, that I'm excited to kind of see throughout this, the spring. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he more than lived up to the hype you that, that came in and the expectations that I believe you had for him based on the amount of which you were talking about him. Yeah, I mean, he was, um, you know, he showed, and I'm 
very interested to see him over a longer stint. Um, we saw him for just two innings and probably 25 pitches. He was he wasn't having any issues getting Duke hitters out, and, and the, these are hitters who hadn't probably seen live pitching in quite a while. Uh, so guys who you would expect to struggle against 93 to 95 and a good changeup. Um, the other thing was he, he threw his breaking ball in warm-ups and it's, you know, it was in mid to upper 70s, uh, late breaking, kind of had some sweeping 10 to 4 action to it. Um, so it, it looks like a, a pitch that has a lot of potential, uh, but, you know, it was just a two-inning stint and we you know, it's going to be nice to see how that plays in game. Um, if he's going to be comfortable throwing that in the zone, if it does compete in the zone, um, and you know, kind of see how hitters respond to it. So it, it's certainly nice signs from him this weekend. But we'll see what happens when games start. And that's obviously a lot more important than what we saw. So while it obviously was, I mean that. There were 30 or so scouts there, and some of the, the big hitters were there, uh, cross-checkers were there. Um, it wasn't just the Michael Matuella show. There were some other interesting guys that you and I both agreed were, were pretty interesting. And let's start with uh, with the outfielder, Jalen Phillips, who I liked just looking in the on-deck circle. Just, the body just kind of stuck out to me, and then he kind of backed it up in the game, too. Yeah, he, he had a, a pretty impressive batting practice before the game, um, and he showed tools. He's another guy... It's hard to, to really know what you're seeing when it's January 24th and 40-ish degrees outside and pretty cold. But uh, The winter. I mean, <laughs> the, the tools are, are there. The raw materials are there. I think he's a guy who's going to have to gonna have to prove himself against good competition. But in terms of bat speed, the swing, you know, average arm, average or above average arm in the outfield uh, – average or above average runner so left-handed hitter there's a lot of things to like there he checks off a lot of boxes but um again you know a guy we're going to need to see actually go out and do it um to really push himself into consideration and there was another arm you liked uh bailey clark who i didn't get to see much of because i was up the line so uh tell the people what i missed and what they missed (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's a likable arm, certainly a projectable talent, a big body, you know, wider shoulders than than Matuella. Um, Not as much height there, but he's more, uh, he's probably 6'4", 220 at this point, just a a horse kind of body. Um, Not, if we want to get into semantics, that one's going to be... Difficult. So but he's, he's more, he's, he's not actually a centaur. No, not a centaur, a human being. Um, but plus arm speed and a guy you can you can project uh, a little bit there. Um, didn't really show a ton in terms of secondaries yet. Uh, but again, January 24th. So we'll see how that comes along throughout the, throughout the spring. Anybody we missed or I missed, I guess? Yeah, they had a... Um, a decent-looking freshman class. Um, Jonathan Lloyd was an interesting hitter, uh, kind of just battling off stuff on the corners, waiting for something he could drive. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy who can have an impact for them uh, right off the bat and with the bat. Uh, and then 
at third base, uh, Justin Lebowski, a, you know, a NorCal kid. Uh, actually, he may be a SoCal kid, but another freshman who has a chance to compete for a lot of playing time right now. Um, we didn't get to see all of their arms, but there is certainly uh, a good number of players who should be very solid in in that conference. When you, you think about Andrew Isler, a guy who is more of a deception kind of guy at this point. Uh, I, I'm sure there's more velocity than we saw on Saturday. He was 87, 89, um, but a guy who can who's kind of just going to lean back and you know the, the ball looks like it's coming out of his ear and kind of jumps on you quickly. Uh, there's some run to it. And definitely an interesting college arm. I would say there's a chance for him to play pro ball, um, but yeah, another guy we're going to have to see prove it. To get into semantics again, the ball only looked like it was coming out of his ear, correct? Correct. It wasn't actually coming out of his ear. Correct. Good, because I think we would have put that on the front page uh, of, of the website. Throws um, from his ear. <laughs> so, uh, so from there we went. We we went home. Then then the next morning we got up very very early, rented a car, and drove on down to South Carolina. And our first stop was AC Flora High School for a scout day. Uh, featuring some really good high school players, and uh, I think the big the big name I, I know the big name was Cat Brown, the big 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 name, big body, big name, big body, big power. And did tell us what you liked about him. Yeah, Brown's a certainly a guy that has intriguing tools across the board. Uh, a big big bodied guy, wide shoulders, uh, probably six five. Uh, has a uh, has rock star hair. Um, and then at the plate, he did some things. I mean, lining a ball out to the power alley in left center, um, ripping one over a huge wall in center, um, a very efficient swing, kind of casting his hands out a little bit. Um, so it's certainly going to be interesting to see if he can adjust and, and put the ball to the opposite field. And I think that's what, what people are waiting on at this point. I think he's going to have plenty of opposite field power if and when he does tap into you know some pushability but uh, yeah definitely a guy that was good to see again and you know kind of bear down on a little bit so then I think the next guy in terms of I don't know let's call it famousness uh, on the list was Grant Bodison um, and I think he was he had made a pretty good impression on you and me both as well yeah Bodison's a guy who goes to yeah, he's a Malden High School guy, um, and I believe that's Corey Thompson's high school. Um, Corey Thompson, another another up the middle infielder who's in the Reds organization now, um, live armed guy even off the mound. You know, was low nineties with some ability to spin the ball. But uh, Bodison is a you know kind of a, a classic projectable infielder. Probably makes more sense at third base. Um, uh, fringy arm right now, but just a wiry frame and some body control there. So he, he should be uh, a third baseman long term. But um, again, at the plate, projectable. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, at, you know swinging the plate, uh, project, swinging the bat, projectable. A guy who can shows a little bit of bat speed. Gets really long now and has a, a pretty significant hitch to it. But the raw materials are there. Um, the next guy would be, uh, this is Josh's probably favorite player of the day, and it's... Because he has my name. Josh Hernandez. What, what do you think of seeing 
Seeing Hernandez there. Well, I mean, let's digress here for a second. This is really my first scout day, more or less. I went to one at East Carolina, but I was more up the line for most of the day. So this was really all new to me. And I'm uh, really, I don't want to say nascent, but learning in terms of evaluating instead of coming back from a, from a beat writer's background where it's, I don't care if you're a prospect or not, did you help the team win the game mm-hmm. and what's the final score? So this is all new to me. Uh, but I like Josh Hernandez, the catcher, who goes to AC Flora High School. Um, and you, we watched the catchers, and some of them weren't throwing particularly on target or uh, catching the ball particularly well. Or if they were, it was only one or two, and the rest were all over the place. But this kid was nailing it every time. He would catch the ball, and within an instant, it'd be in his throw hand, and it'd be down to second base, and it kind of jumps out when compared to everybody else. And then I, you know, I put that away in my notes, that quick release, strong arm, etc. And then I brought it to you, and you said, yeah, this guy jumped out to me too, and told me he was popping, what, one-eighths? Yeah, he was in the, the one eight five range, give or take uh, a millisecond or two. But he was, uh, yeah, he was certainly impressive. And with a guy like that, you try not. I, I don't really care as much about the pop. Uh, yeah. Because when you think about, there are guys who will fool you with a quick transfer, um, or guys who are cheating with, you know, keeping their, keep, basically staying tall, not really being in a position where you would normally catch the ball in a game situation. Um, but you know he was was more or less in a catching position and throwing bullets that looked like they would have gone straight through the the, the second baseman. So um, you know certainly online with his throws and getting his arm down and just had arm speed behind the plate. So there's there's also athleticism to the way he moved behind the plate and he showed us some of that. Yeah, at, at one point I'll interject here. We were watching bullpens. And I was, you know, kind of watching a little bit the catchers there, especially when he came to the plate or came behind the plate. And, you know, some of the pitches were wild. And he actually executed an actual block. He mm-hmm. got down in the in the, the on-his-knees stance and put the glove between his legs and blocked it. And I didn't see that from anybody else because it's a bullpen and you're not worried about runners actually moving. Yeah, it's there's, – there's upside there. It's definitely a guy who will probably be seeing a lot of this summer. He'll be around the showcase circuit, I'm sure. Um, and then at the plate, he, he showed, he, he at least flashed, you know, potential for some, some above average bat speed, um, kind of all over the place mechanically, um, didn't really repeat the swing, but again, the raw materials are there. Um, this, this could be a guy who develops into, you know, a serious talent and yeah, this will be a big summer for him in terms of proving, proving himself and getting himself, you know, into that upper echelon of consideration and then you liked an arm one of the one of the many arms who threw um i didn't like him so much because <laughs> the first couple pitches he was a little off and he missed the catcher a couple times and if you were to see the raw video you would see the ball at about 91 92 miles an hour zooming toward me thank goodness for a net but you know after those he recovered and impressed we said 90 to 92 mile an hour that's a good start yeah and that's sawyer bridges uh, from somerville high school University of South Carolina commit, uh, a guy who had arm speed, um, not a ton of height. I'm guessing he's probably six foot, six one at this point. Um, but yeah, projectable arm, and certainly a guy who has a chance to to get himself on onto one of those showcase teams, whether it be area codes or East Coast Pro. 
uh, probably a guy we'll see uh, a lot of again in the future. I mean, there were a lot of guys who who showed something on the mound or who had super projectable bodies. Um, we didn't really see anybody who who checked off more than more than that in terms of showing you feel for a good off-speed pitch or um, who was more present than projectable. Um, so there, there weren't a ton of guys who, who look like they're pro guys out of high school, uh, but certainly a lot of guys who have a chance to develop, be it you know in their later in high school or in college. I mean, there were a lot of 2016s at this event. So And the list of college commitments at this, uh, this event is pretty impressive. You've got a lot of guys who are going to Clemson and South Carolina. Wake another, Forest, yeah, you have Coastal big, Carolina. Power Five conference schools. Yeah. College of Charleston is another really good program down there. Liberty had some commits there. So, yeah, there's certainly a lot of good college talent here for sure. And speaking of the University of South Carolina, where many of these players were committed, the next uh, stop for us after that um, was the University of South Carolina. For their scrimmage, we got there a few pitches a little late, but um, we, we walked into their beautiful, unbelievable, gorgeous ballpark and uh, saw some interesting guys. Um, I think you liked one of the arms more than the others. and I mean, the arms, there, there were... There were decent arms there, mostly just mostly solid college arms. Um, Kanan Cropper was one player who I wrote about that um, has at least reliever upside. Um, he's got a long way to go, but uh, his first inning out there was pounding 91 from a super low arm slot, getting run and wiggle to it. And then the changeup was looked very similar, just faded, and it was hitting, you know, sitting anywhere between 77 and 80. Uh, very similar arm action to it. Um, the kind of guy who is really a relief-only type based on the delivery, and he didn't show us any – he didn't throw a breaking ball at all. So um, that leads me to believe there's probably not a lot of feel for spin there. Um, but, uh, you know, that guy would be still just a redshirt freshman. So um, – Four years of eligibility left. A lot of time to add weight to that frame and add a second or add a third pitch. So uh, definitely a high upside guy, at least at, at the college level. So then uh, another guy I think we both liked, uh, just because he kind of made it very hard for us not to like him, was uh, was Kyle Martin, who sounds like a senior there uh, yeah. at USC. He hit one of the three home runs on the day. If I remember correctly, it was a, a big, big fly. And he hit another ball later in the game that would have been a double or probably, probably a double uh, in in game situation. But um, the center fielder made a very very good catch on it. Um, you know, it, regardless, he put a charge into the ball. What were yeah, your, were your impre- it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. To the warning track, um, I think it's probably a, a caught ball in most situations. But I thought it was a fairly difficult catch. But yeah, um, yeah. Point being. A very you know, easy guy to like, just in terms of offensive ceiling. I think it, it's a guy who had um, chance for above average power, um, and you couldn't couldn't throw him the ball on the inside part of the plate on a Sunday. He was just going to pound everything. Um, a guy who would be nice to see a little bit more of, 
um, at some point, uh, just because the the raw tools are there, very fast hands at the plate, um, quick diagonal load. Um, so he's getting backspin on the ball. He, I mean, he didn't he didn't topspin anything on Sunday, um, even when people were pounding him down in the zone. So an impressive guy, uh, 20th rounder last year. Probably a good decision for him to go back to school. I think he's got a chance to be uh, a senior sign in the top 10 rounds, uh, especially for a club looking to save some money on on a, you know one of those slots. So definitely an interesting guy. Um, and you know, they had a lot of a lot of good underclassmen there, uh, guys who may not have a chance to play right away, uh, but you know certainly have some upside for the next couple of years. So. Um, yeah, it, it was a very good day of baseball at USC. Yeah, you, you understand when you look at their their underclassmen why that they're consistently a power among uh, the college baseball world and contend for trips in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, and well, you think about it, every arm we saw showed potential for two quality pitches, and there were there were quite a, a lot of guys really. There were a lot of every arm there showed something that should work at the college level uh, with the exception of maybe one or two towards the end uh, but uh, one impressive guy was Tyler Haswell um, who was you know 87 89 um, you know with some run and wiggle to it uh, and showed you know, at least at the college level it's a plus breaking ball uh, for me it's more of a 40 45 pitch at, at the pro level um, kind of a rolling breaking ball with heavy, heavy depth um, that he was able to spot in the zone. So that's going to probably work. That's going to work in college. Um, it'll need to tighten up a little bit uh, before it actually plays at the next level, but certainly some upside to it. And, you know, a good body staying closed, you know, deception there. Uh, easy guy to like at the college level. So, with that in mind, uh, the weekend that weekend is obviously in the past. What do we plan on, or at least what do you plan on, doing this weekend as far as uh, baseball is concerned? Yeah, so um, it looks like Maduela is going to pitch again on Friday uh, at 3 o'clock. I, um, I think I'll be there. I mean, he's the guy who I'd like to see as much as possible. Um, and then sort of kind of, you know, investigating a little bit uh, in the local area hopefully get an eyes on NC State or UNC uh, maybe branch out a little bit more but still have to kind of wrangle up all the schedules and see who's going to be playing where and when so yeah yeah so we're going to stick around local this weekend no no crazy journeys for us no uh no trips to south of the border or to investigate oh we, we've got to bring this up because we can't just talk about all baseball uh, oh, yeah. We talk, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm agreeing with you. Mustard, mustard barbecue sauce, which was a, a heated uh, point of contention in this office. We had South Carolina barbecue. I, I would give the place a shout out, but I don't remember its name, so I'm sorry. Uh, but it was our first, uh, we've had Q Shack here in, in North Carolina. We've had, I think I've had the pit, and it's very good. I'm sure we've had other places at some point. But this is the first time we've been to a South Carolina style barbecue, and uh it, it was okay. It wasn't quite the same. I wasn't as offended by mustard-based barbecue sauce as uh, I think I should have been or it was expected for people to be. Um, how did you feel about it? 
Uh, I think it was, it was a 40 meal. Um, certainly something you'll take on your roster, but uh, it's something you're looking to replace if it's on your team. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was all right. Again, edible. All right, so 40 meal. Uh, very, very picky uh, here with I give it at least a fifty if we're gonna do twenty eighty. Yeah, well, you're an easy grader. Man. I am. I am. You're I, an well, easy grader. I am an easy grader. It's food. I mean, I mean, whereas I, th- I would see forty. Shack brisket. Then we're talking like fifty five at that point. Wow, that's only a fifty five to you. My goodness, what's an eight meal? I mean, you have to realize the a sixty is special. Oh, I know, but Q Shack is pretty good. <laughs> I mean. There's free advertising right here. Bear, I need to bear down on it. We'll, 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 we'll investigate fur, further. We'll have further reports. Um, probably subscription only on the site, I imagine. <laughs> yes, Hudson and... and uh, probably need a special subscription for that, actually. <laughs> or a special uh, uh, problem to really <laughs> want to know more about that. But we'll, we'll keep you updated more on Hudson and Josh Eat America or... Something more catchy than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but we also had something come up during the, you know, in the, in the background during the day we were down there in South Carolina that is kind of a all baseball issue. We, that was the day that Rob Manfred uh, kind of mentioned in passing the possible banning of the shift. And then we got to watch the Twitterverse kind of melt down on itself with the, the with the thought of that happening. And it, it's just something that I think you look at and you go, haha, that's that's a silly idea. It's probably just an offhand thing that was thrown out and it's probably never gonna happen. But here we are, and in this, this day and age, the media, which includes us, uh, at least me and you, I guess, but all of us here, um, a little reactionary at times. Um That was annoying. Yeah. I, I wasn't happy with that. I think that's it's childish. It's it's just childish to Oh, something was discussed in passing and not immediately rejected. That is not the same as this is happening and we should respond to it. So it was, it was just a little immature. I think it's interesting. Premature too. and immature. Oh, it's just a lot of suffix with a lot of mature suffixes. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of indicative of our society as a whole being really, really, really. Um, afraid of change i mean it's what 40 years later now and people are still whining about the designated hitter so yeah uh, i mean that that still won't go away there are purists that will call it mutant baseball and this that and the other thing and say it's only true ba- we got still got people in front offices mentioning real baseball teams in terms of uh teams that uh don't employ just baseball men that that use sabermetrics and it's just interesting how quickly and uh, vehemently we come down on any new idea. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be for banning the shift. I think it'd be very uh, difficult to enforce because you have to redefine a shift and you'd have to put it on these poor umpires who are going to have to now watch pitch clocks in double A AA and triple A. And then if you were going to say, in, in, uh, bring it in for this year or next year, even, Oh, you have to also watch these defensive shifts in addition to trying to actually become a good umpire. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm probably going to be the only one who ever sticks up for umpires on these podcasts, but but here it is. But I, I think we both agree that it's way too early to get angry. I think that when ever in baseball have we seen rules that actually change the game? Um, the the most recent one would be 
uh, replay, I guess. It doesn't really change the game. I mean, it's still the same game. The the catcher thing that changed last year? Yes, and it, and it really... Here's, it, both those things have a common thread. Those were things that people were pounding their fists on the table. We need replay. The umpires stink. You know, they're costing us postseason games, et cetera, et cetera. We need, we need catcher rules. Uh, Buster Posey and the like are getting destroyed at home plate. And when we implement those rules, the whining never ceases. I think the whole season long on Twitter when there was a, a, a replay play, some, some bored beat writer would time it. Oh, three minutes, 36 seconds on that replay. Ha, ha, ha. Just deal with it. It's I mean, making the game more accurate. The, the other thing is, that the, so the, the, I guess the idea behind banning the shift is to promote a more offensive game in a specialized era of pitching. And specialized era, era of pitching and defense, we've ne- never really seen this kind of thing before in terms of I mean, defense is as good as it's ever been, and it's getting better. Um, and so, the, I mean, it makes sense to kind of give hitters something, but, um, I mean, if you're if you're under the impression that in order to promote a sport, there must be scoring, I kind of like baseball the way it is. But, um, yeah, I, I see the, the idea behind banning or at least regulating the shift, but I, I just, I don't like, the idea of really changing baseball. I like baseball. I okay, Hudson Belinsky with a strong statement here. I like baseball. <laughs> I don't love it. He's not ready to commit, but <laughs> he just he just likes it. Um, I think that's a really good note to end on. Uh, <laughs> this has been the uh, Hudson Belinsky and Josh Norris. Bogged down in semantics podcast. Bogged down in semantics. (laughs) I like baseball. (laughs) I think if we ever make an intro to this podcast, we're kind of highlights of what you and I say. That's going on there. Just that bold, declarative, hard period, maybe an exclamation point at the end. I like baseball. (laughs) That's Uh, anyway, thanks. But also, we just reacted to something that's super unlikely to ever happen. Yeah, we just spent 10 minutes on it, but we didn't get angry about it. I don't know. I'm pretty angry right now. No, I don't think no. you're, you're. You're more hangry. I think you're a combination of hungry slash angry. Yeah, I mean, talking about 55 meals. Yeah, talking about 55 meals. You haven't even had one today. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot, I've forgotten to eat. <laughs> it's <That>. 4 o'clock. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, so now that Josh and Hudson's laughing time is over, we'll say goodbye. Uh, until next time, this is uh, Hudson Nor- Belinsky and Josh Norris. Um, thanks for listening. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.